Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder. This week, we share who outside of the veterinary profession inspires us the most. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And this week, we are going to maybe share with you how we deal with the tough times in our professional lives by gaining inspiration and insight from people and sources outside of the veterinary profession. But before we get into all of that, as always, I am your host, Dr. Ernie Ward. I'm Dr. Cindy Courtney. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Cindy, you are the one who kind of sparked this idea. Mm -hmm. You know, you were, you were, we were talking about the things outside of the profession. We tend to sometimes get hunkered down and myopic and think only, you know, in terms of veterinary sources and resources. And you were saying, you know, look, there's a lot going on in our worlds that we maybe don't often share with our listeners or even each other. So Cindy, maybe you can kick it off by talking about some of those things outside the profession that inspire you to do your best. Yeah, and some of our listeners may know that I am quite the book addict, so it's probably no surprise that the number, the first person on my list is an author. So Brene Brown is definitely one of the top people for me. Um, her story inspires me because, you know, one, she's a scientist, she's a researcher, and she went through this process of, of looking into an issue that she was really passionate about, and she... Um, dove into the research and she discovered something she didn't expect. And it was actually kind of an uncomfortable thing that she discovered that wasn't necessarily in line with her own beliefs and values, but it was information that taught her about how to live a better life. And so she started working on herself, bettering herself, learning how to be more joyful, learning how to be more vulnerable, learning how to be more resistant to shame and reading her books is so moving because she's able to talk about uh, information both from a data standpoint, which is a scientist I really, really love, but right. also able to share stories, especially personal stories. And I use that same approach when I talk with my clients because I find that it really resonates with them. You know, we are human beings and stories resonate with us so much, but we want to make sure that those stories and the advice that we give has its foundation in good data. So, so she's been a huge inspiration to me, both in the way that I communicate, but also in the way that I live my life. So, so she's definitely a big inspiration for me. And Cindy, it sounds to me like it's she's also influenced the way you think and approach yeah. different interactions with people. Maybe dig a little deeper into sort of some of the lessons that you've learned. You know, so or... so a couple things. So one is that she has a great talk on boundaries. And so she talks about how in her research, she found that some of the most compassionate people that she met in the course of her research actually had some of the firmest boundaries, which I think often we think that to be nice means to say yes to people all the time. When in fact, what she found was that when somebody knew what they were and were not okay with, that they were able to share those ex expectations with other people. And then when someone pushed past their boundaries, it was no longer personal. Then they were able to say, you know, hey, that's just not something I'm comfortable with, or hey, that's not something I can do. And they could either remove themselves from the situation or, you know, have some natural consequence to that. So, so that has definitely helped uh, influence the way I think and the way I, I interact with other people. Wow, I love that. Cindy, I will... 
I will keep with the theme of author, but this particular author also is a personal friend of mine, and I really hope he gets a chance to listen to this because he's incredibly busy. He is a Pulitzer-nominated, New York Times bestselling author and a dear friend of mine, and his name is Stephen Kotler. And I, I've known Stephen now for... Oh, more than a decade. And we kind of met through some weird serendipity and some weird networking. But uh, I, I had read his first book. His first book was a book of fiction called The Angle Quickest for Flight. And as Stephen uh, points out quickly, that not only was that his kind of master's thesis, but it was a book that was critically acclaimed, which, of course, we all means it didn't sell, right? So <laughs> so, but it was a brilliant book and it really, it inspired me like in terms of my own fiction writing, like, you know, Hey, I like this guy's style, I like his approach. I like his mechanics of writing. Okay. Fast forward, you know, to another five or 10 years and we meet and he's now writing all these science books. And, and the reason that Stephen remains an inspiration to me. And so if you're listening out there, buddy, you know, I'm going to deny all this when I see you next. But the reality is he inspires me because of his work ethic and his compassion. Uh, his wife, Joy, was a veterinary technician. In fact, that led him to write a book called A Small Furry Prayer, which got a ton of awards. And if you haven't read A Small Furry Prayer, you need to read it because it talks about their rescue efforts at, at Rancho de Chihuahua. So if you don't know Stephen's story, it's an amazing one. But Joy is truly one of those people who gives a whole lot more to the world than she ever receives. She's amazing, amazing. But regardless, then, you know, Stephen fast forwards and he starts writing books with uh, Peter Diamandis, who, of course, famously founded the X Prize and all that stuff, and is probably one of the reasons why we actually have this commercial private space program in the world now. So thank you to, to, to Peter for that. But they wrote these books called Bold and Abundance, and those really inspired me as a, an entrepreneur and as a leader and a practice owner to think about things in different terms. Like, how, you know, Bold is all about gaining, you know, super credibility, and there's a lot of big business concepts that will help guide you in your personal life as well. And of course, Abundance is Peter and Stephen's case that, hey, the future future is brighter. You know, I know there's a lot of bad things happening in your daily life. And gosh, if you turn on the news, it seems really scary and frightening and, and like we're near apocalyptic times. But you know what, there's also a ton of amazing advancements that are happening that are flying under the radar. So Stephen, if you're listening today, dude, you continue to inspire me, you know, our hyper caffeinated conversations um, are just really some of the highlights of my year. Uh, so I want to thank you. And, and I guess, for the listeners today, find those people and try to connect with them that really, again, you know, give you this level of energy. You know, I, I always gauge a conversation with the people that I, I love and care and respect for by when I walk away, I'm more energized than when I started the conversation. The reality is this guy writes amazing books. His work ethic is off the charts. I mean, I don't think he ever slows down. Uh, and so again, he's a person that inspires me outside of the profession. How about for you, Becky? Who's who inspires you? So uh, the first person that came to mind when we talked today about people who are mostly outside of the veterinary profession, although I think mine is is a little bit on the inside. Don't don't kick her out. I think it still qualifies. Um, is definitely Elizabeth Green, and she is the CEO and founder of Brief yeah. Media, yes. and she is just the kind of person who, um. 
you just feel like the most important person in the world when you're talking to her. She just really makes everyone feel like they're brilliant and amazing and warm and welcome and like family. And she is one of the people who makes me want to be a better person just being around her. Um, and then I, I know a lot of her team and she cultivates this amazing team and has amazing, very inspiring people who work for and with her. Um, but she has a way of leading her team as family, um, as strong, empowered women and individuals, um, even though there are some men that work for her too as well. Uh, she just is really, truly um, an inspiring person. And she has a wonderful uh, story. She she has um, raised children and moved across country and, and just does some amazing things uh, that it always has this beautiful, brilliant smile on her face. And so when I think about someone who inspires me, I think about Elizabeth Green. If you don't know her, check her out. Uh, again, she's the CEO and founder of Brief Media. And they publish um, Vet Team Brief and um, Clinician's Brief. So um, you probably have heard of her. That's what puts her on the inside of the industry. So a little bit maybe too close to the bullseye, but I'm going with it anyway. I, I, I'm also a fan. Uh, she's amazing. And uh, Liz, if you're listening today, we still have not finished our sauna meditation conversation. Ooh. So, you know. Uh, we'll be getting a phone call. There's that. <laughs> but uh, yes, I, 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 I know that she is close to the profession, but I mean, she is not a veterinary technician or a veterinarian. So I count her, you know, as one of those strong women leaders that I think we can all learn a great deal from. Great one. I, I would I would heap even more praise on Elizabeth Green, except that she's my boss, and I know that she's also amazingly <laughs> humble, and so I don't want to make her feel any more uncomfortable. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, so this one is again tangentially related to healthcare, but not within the veterinary profession. And that is Atul Gawande. And I uh. think Atul Gawande doesn't just inspire us in veterinary med medicine, but people around the world. And, and that inspires me because I think it's easy for us to focus in and think that, you know, our voice is intended for just the people within our own career field. And yet, you know, there's a lot of folks, including Atul Gawande, who've, who've found a way to take what they know and what they care about and really make it relevant for everyone in the world. And I think that's something that we have the opportunity to do as well. Um, his book, Checklist, is, are, is yeah. super helpful, not only for literally saving lives, especially when it comes to surgery, but helpful for us here in the profession and helpful for really anyone who wants to do good work. Um, his book, Being Mortal, is relevant to anyone who is thinking about having a, a happy and healthy, healthier end of life. Um, his his books about better and complications are about you know encountering our own imperfections. So uh, again, another great author who who takes his professional experience and can relate and his personal experience and relate that into stories that that resonate with people and teach them something about life. So. And he's a heck of a writer, too. I mean, the dude can definitely string together uh, bits of grammar. So I, I'm really excited to see what Gwande does with this new Amazon, Berkshire, you know, health care conglomerate. I mean, we don't know where that's going to head. But I will tell you this, Cindy, I'm, I was super happy to see him announced as the head of this, because if anybody's going to have a good insight into doing health care properly, I think Dr. Gwande is probably a good pick. I don't think I would have been excited about it if it had been anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're right, because, I mean, this he is now poised to control a lot of cash that's going to be directed at the human health care. And we don't know exactly what the plans are, you know, but we do know that Buffett and Bezos have 
both said publicly uh, numerous times that they want to fix the healthcare system. So, hey, dude, they tapped an amazing guy and a person who I think has inspired probably all of us today. And I'd love to hear if you guys have read any of those books. If you haven't, they're amazing. They're easy to read. You're not going to be you know, flooded with lots of medical data. They're just a lot of really good patient stories, and, and they illustrate a lot of important lessons. Becky, anybody else inspire you outside of our profession? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's funny because I think there are so many people on a greater level, um, but I think of the people closest to me, I guess, when I reach for inspiration. And I guess I would challenge our listeners to think about who inspires you because it might be people closer to you than you realize. Um, because uh, the next person that comes to mind is someone who I'm very close to um, and who holds a huge place in my heart, who is Miss Trisha Montgomery. And this is another person who I've seen um, persevere through uh, a lot of struggle and through um, a lot of various situations to become an amazing entrepreneur and to be finding success through that struggle. And I think especially when it comes to women and women in leadership, she has a history of leadership. She served with the Chicago VMA for a long time, um, and she has been a woman in leadership for a long time. And it's not an easy thing to do today, let alone 20 years ago. And so I think um, when I think of inspirational people, Trisha Montgomery comes to mind. She owns Canine Fit Club, and um, she is truly inspirational to me. She goes through everything she goes through with a, a brilliant smile on her face, always believing the best in everyone she meets, every situation she comes across. And again, uh, a powerful woman leader. Yeah, she is. And if you're curious, um, Trisha and I and David, Dr. David Levine from Tennessee, I've just uh, written a book that'll be coming out this fall. And Becky is a contributor to that book. Thank you, Becky. Yeah. So we'll be telling, talking more about that. But in that book, as you know, Becky, Trish really goes into, um, you know, some painful details of her challenges in life and, and how she came out on the other side in a positive fashion, uh, overcoming uh, relationship issues, overcoming health challenges. I mean, so yeah, she's an inspiration. Yeah, and I, I know both of you guys are involved with the Canine Fit Club, but I'll be honest, I and I bet some of our listeners aren't as familiar with the Canine Fit Club story. Would you mind sharing a little bit of, about that? Yeah, and, and, and truly, I don't, I hate, because I don't want it to sound like a plug at all because we are yeah. involved, and um, but we are both involved because it is such an amazing, inspirational story. And so Trisha Montgomery um, actually went to her veterinarian uh, years and years ago who addressed her pet's obesity in, in somewhat of a rough fashion um, at the <laughs> yes. same time at the same time as, as addressing her obesity and said, basically, your pet is overweight and um, every year he gains weight and, and every year you do too. Um, and she Oof. took that and she changed her life and she, she lost, um, what was it? 130 pounds, Dr. Ernie, I think. Yep. Yep. And, um, then she lost that with her pet. So she and Louie grabbed a leash, started walking and getting healthy and then started inspiring those around her. And so she created Canine Fit Club as a way for people to work out with their pets because at the end of the day, people will do for their pets what they won't do for themselves. And when I came across this com company, I thought to myself, something else to tell our clients other than green beans and walk more because they feel like that's what we always default to. So um, she created this program for people and their pets to get healthy together to take some of the attention off of people. Um, she also created a program that goes into senior homes, um, works with the morbidly obese. She's created PTSD programs. Children's, so she's created programs yeah. to reach the people in society who won't always be able to get the help for themselves that they will if they're working with a dog. 
truly an inspiration for sure. And more to come. And in fact, uh, I know, Becky, we've talked about having Trish on the show. And so I think, you know, as the book comes out later this fall, we definitely will do that. Well, I'm going to give you a bit of inspiration. Uh, it, and, and this, I know it's, I'm, I'm kind of falling into Becky's trap where it's a person kind of in the profession, but it's, they're not a veterinary professional. So I'm going to go with them. And I met Steve Curtin of Circa Healthcare out of Philadelphia back when I was ranting and raving about extended duration vaccines. And basically, Steve at the time was uh, asked to, to do a little pilot program for a small company at the time called Entervet. And they had, they were finalizing USDA approval for the first and the only, and now it's gone, <laughs> three-year vaccines for dogs and cats, the core vaccines, right? And they actually had a four-year cat rabies vaccine that was licensed and approved. Uh, anyway, long story short, so Steve and I kind of connected and he was like, how can we take this message that you're saying and apply it to not only pet owners, but to veterinary profession? And, and Steve is inspiration to me because a, he is an expat, so he uh, is of Scottish origin and he came to America as a young adult, he's comes from a big family and really he pulled one of those classic pull yourselves up by the bootstraps. This is that guy. I mean, he was a bench biologist, so he was doing real research. And then he was like, you know what? I want to apply my knowledge to language. And so Stephen has inspired me in so many ways, but primarily around compassion. Like one of the things I like about working with them when I've had the chance or just, you know, friendly, you know, when we have dinners all the time, um, the reality is this, Stephen says, look, you know what, if we're talking about a product or a, a concept or a vaccine or whatever, you know, I'm not really interested in selling the stuff. I'm more interested in how does that enhance the lives and well-being of those that are involved with it. So, you know, it's one of those guys that, that are rare in life because, you know, they're very successful business people. But Becky, it's, it's sort of like with Elizabeth Green, you know, at the end of the day, they never sold their soul. You know, they still are very pure in intent and they inspire people around them. In fact, I will tell you this. Um, I don't know if you feel this way uh, about Elizabeth Green, but every time I'm around people like Steve Kotler and Steve Curtin, my brain feels hypercharged, right? Yeah. You know, it's like I had this idea and it goes on 50,000 watts, you know, and suddenly that idea becomes something that's really, really big. And, and Stephen and I have, have unfortunately had some ideas that we didn't quite pull off, but, you know, we continue to do that. And so he's an inspiration to me just on a personal level of how to always, you know, keep pushing forward, but never, ever, ever lose the purity and center that you have to have to, to actually do the right thing. So Curtin. See you soon, but thanks for inspiring me and so many around you. Right, so Cindy, I think it's back to you. It's my turn again. Yeah. So, so another person that I have a huge professional crush on, um, who inspires me and honestly helps with a lot of the work I do on the jerk research side is Christine Porath. And I'll be honest, I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing her last name correctly because, um, she does a ton of writing, but I haven't seen her do as much speaking. And she is a professor at Georgetown, and she has written some amazing books on civility, the most recent of which, and just a super practical guide for anyone who is dealing with kind of toxic people, is called Mastering Civility. And it's a, a basically how-to guide of how to build your organization in a way that is, is set up for people to treat each other well and to help root out bad behaviors when they do happen. And she's fantastic. And again, 
I'm starting to see a theme here. Someone who com combines stories <laughs> with research. Um, so this it's something that between all of these people, I've really tried to incorporate into the things I pursue myself. Um, and she was one of the folks who really helped teach me that people who are badly behaved can actually change, that there is data behind that, and that a lot of our stereotypes about people who are badly behaved aren't accurate, that we often think of people as just being jerks or just being toxic people, but often these bad behaviors exist for a reason and they can be changed, that if we give people the right type of um, consulting and coaching, and we have the right amount of power in that situation that we can start moving people in the right direction. And that a lot of this just comes from really poor expectations that I think a lot about the fact that my husband's from Boston, I'm from Virginia, our ideas of what is polite are slightly different um, because of those <laughs> because of those geographic differences. And so what are we doing in our own workplaces to help make sure everyone just kind of knows what the etiquette is? Um, so, so anyway, she's a been a huge inspiration to me and and definitely on my bucket list of people I'd love to see speak or someone I'd like to meet someday. I love that. Now I'd like to kind of maybe shift the conversation just slightly and and maybe ask and just see uh, what about a teacher like outside of veterinary school or veterinary technician school was there anybody like that sort of influenced or sparked you to who you are today? I mean either. absolutely I think um, one of the one of my teachers that stands out to me the most I think was Probably third grade. I want to say third grade. And she, her name was Mrs. Golden, and it was golden like the mustard. That's what she told us the first day <laughs> of school, and I'll never forget that. But she had this dog that she loved so much, and this was when, you know, I was a kid and cultivating this love and adoration of animals, and um, there was something, you know, outstanding there for my passion for animals, and um, we really bonded on this dog thing, right? That she had this dog that she loved and I had a dog that I loved. And I had just gotten a puppy when we I started and I was taking her to obedience school and she came to my dog's graduation. Oh, that's and, so amazing. Um, my dog's name was Snickers, which is this not my favorite dog name. I know there's a lot of them out there. Um, I didn't pick it, but she brought this giant Snickers and a big graduation card and made a huge deal about it. Um, and when I think back to my childhood and inspiration, um, and, and, and somebody that maybe it falls more to mentoring, but I think truly that inspires me because I think about the time that she took and the passion that she gave, um, and, and how much teachers working with children at that young age are inspiring and, and growing, future professionals and she really took the time to, to cultivate and make me feel important and and saw that in me and um i look back and i feel inspired by her and you know if you're listening today i want you just to to take a second to reflect on what becky said i mean this was a third grade teacher yeah. and that's at an early age in your life your development and yet Becky remembers this person. She remembers a simple act. And so I, I know that sometimes we think, well, I'm not worthy of inspiration. I mean, you know, we've been giving you know, these, these examples of super successful award-winning right. people. And the reality is a third grade teacher made a huge difference in Becky's life. So we all can do that. Yeah, for, for me, it was a teacher in a subject that, frankly, I was not great at. Um, I definitely always excelled in math and excelled in the sciences. But for me, my inspirational teacher was Madame Pisano, who taught me French. And languages are not my strong suit at all. And, but she had so much enthusiasm for the topic and just so much belief in us that if we tried, 
we could do it. You know, if we just took a stab at it, if we just talked about things that we were passionate about and were important. And, you know, this was a uh, 9-11 happened while I was in high school. So, you know, these were big topics that she would willingly top tackle with us in class um, and help us find the vocabulary for it. Um, and, and she kind of instilled in me this sense that you, you got to at least try. Um, you, even if it's something is terrifying, even if you feel like, you know, this is something that you're not good at, even if this is something that doesn't come easily to you, just try. Um, yeah, so that she, she has definitely played a big part in my life. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. And, and certainly I think all of us could, could go into great detail on people in our professional schools who influenced us. But again, I want to keep this, you know, back in those formative years. And for me, yeah. I guess I'd like to share, I mean, it was a seventh grade social science teacher. And and if you're listening today, I would think most of us would agree that middle school sucks <laughs> pretty big, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. But yeah, I, as having two teenage daughters who went through middle school and somehow survived without me firebombing the school, uh, which is, you know, it's tough. So seventh grade, pivotal year. And for me, it was the first time that I really started to encounter you know, social blowback, I guess you'd say. So this is when bullying really started. And you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thin guy, I'm a small guy, I'm a nerdy guy. So suddenly now, you know, the guys showed up after the summer of sixth grade, and you know, they're all big jack dudes, you know. Um, and you know, I'm this scrawny little thing, but I'm still making good grades. And, and I struggled. And so I remember that year, you know, kind of questioning my identity, like, you know, am I good enough? You know, I suck at everything. I can't play sports. These guys are so much bigger and they have facial hair. Um, you know, and so <laughs> I'm embarrassed, you know, what's going on. And, and she really, I think, recognized that put me under her wing, so to speak, and really guided me through a very, very tough time. Uh, and obviously, you know, I had other support mechanisms in place. But the reality is, without her being at school and encouraging me, you know, and, um, and, and I think that sometimes we lose sight of just how, you know, we don't really understand what's going on in other people's lives, you know, like, we yeah. just look at them, like, like Cindy said, they're just jerks, you know, and right. there's probably a reason for that behavior. And so mm -hmm. this was a teacher who somehow saw through that and said, Hey, here's a kid that's maybe going to lose his way. And she brought me back in. And, and, and I think largely saved me from maybe taking these other paths that maybe would have led to either academic, you know, failure, or, or maybe, you know, engaging in bad behaviors. I mean, I think we can all, you know, uh, somehow relate to, to those challenges of middle school. But I really appreciate what she did. And she, she gave me a level of confidence coming out of seventh grade that I didn't have within myself. But yet, when I hit eighth and ninth and 10th grade, from there on out, I was kind of on a track. So I really appreciate Miss Flagel and, and just for somehow inspiring me to, to, to do better. Yeah. I love that message that you're saying earlier, Ernie, that you never know when you might inspire someone and you, you never know what kind of impact you're having on the people around you and whether or not it's someone in the veterinary profession or outside of the veterinary profession. Um, it, it's kind of encouraging to think that that we have an ability to make the world a better place on a, on a regular basis. You're so right. And I have to say in the very humbling experiences I have had, where someone came back and told me I inspired them or I moved them or I did something that changed their path in a, in a way toward happiness in a different way. It's usually at a time that 
I wasn't even necessarily personally connecting with them. Maybe they were listening to me speak. Maybe they were listening to the podcast. Maybe, you know, so it, it, there's a ripple effect to everything that you do. And um, you can be inspiring in, in a time that you have no idea. Um, so, so like you said, just try to do good. Yeah. I, I, the number of times that I've just reached out and said, like a heartfelt thank you to someone and they've responded with, you have no idea how I really needed that right now. Right. And that just tells me that I think a lot of the time, you know, people are going through more than we expect. And just to, there's never a bad time for a kind word. You're right. You're so right. Yep. So if you're listening today and you're thinking about the people that maybe inspire you or make you a better person, maybe take the time this week to, to thank them. Send them a quick text or an email or a phone call and just say, you know, hey, I really appreciate what you you did for me or you're doing for me. It really means a lot because if we could all do that, I think our species would be a lot better for it. But we also want to hear from you. We want to hear what you think inspires you outside of the vet profession and what are the things that you would even like for us to talk about in the future yeah and and you can reach out to us or to that person who inspires you on facebook or on instagram you can find us at veterinary viewfinder on either of those platforms we're also on twitter at vet viewfinder and i'll be honest i'm a bit more active on twitter during conference season and um we'll just have been at avma so you may be finding a little bit more from us on there uh right around now so uh you can also find us on the apple store and we would love to get positive feedback from you guys again those always go a long way toward motivating us to get up early in the morning even with you know crying babies or sick pets and record this for you guys and if you have Alexa, you can say to Stitcher and tune in, yes. hey, Alexa, play Veterinary Viewfinder. If you have a Google Home, you can do the same thing. Just make sure you're hooked up. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. So use your connected verbal device and say, hey, play the latest episode of the Veterinary Viewfinder. And while you're there, don't forget to click to subscribe so you don't miss one great episode of The Veterinary Viewfinder. Until next time, we're leaving a little more inspired. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.